There is no self-help book that can help you make a lasting change in your life. The best you can do is to serve as some type of motivation from a place of other people's stories or create hype around what is possible for you. There is a part of you that can connect to it and you may even commit to making certain changes to your life in the moment. And when the when that feeling washes over you and a, a day or a few days passes, there is very little change or commitment to that commitment, especially when you continue with your life the way it was long before you read a book. In that sense, every self-help book is a non-help book. The reason why is as long as you lack self-awareness, you will not make any meaningful change in your life. <clears throat> so the fantasy of arriving at the goals as set out in the self-help book that you are consuming at any given time is just that. It's a fantasy. And we use it as an escape. It's a coping mechanism. It it basically takes away, away the pain of your life for those few moments, thinking, reflecting on that. <clears throat> because many of us are unable to I wouldn't say unable to do it. We do not necessarily have the tools uh, or we do not take the time to reflectively and critically look at ourselves and analyzing the motives behind our behavior and, and, and critically look at our beliefs and the roots of it and the whys of it. Another reason is without self-awareness, without knowing where you are, without knowing your makeup, without knowing uh, the composition of your present life, the current life, you are really at a disadvantage. It is for this reason that I devoted the next couple of years of my life to the study of self-awareness, not just for the benefit of my audience, but specifically for the benefit, for my own benefit and that of my family, my immediate family. Um, I've studied human behavior and human nature um, for a large part of my life. Um, when I used to be involved in church ministry, um, and every this is true for every church minister, every preacher, every pastor to some extent, that especially even those who are unaware, unconscious of it, um, they are great influences of human behavior in the sense that um, what they say, what they communicate, the beliefs they hammer upon, the beliefs they use to indoctrinate, the beliefs they use to educate and are all beliefs that shapes human behavior. And that belief sustained over a long period of time becomes or results into certain human behavior. And in the hopes of 
um, a religious context, that behavior becomes is consistent with um, uh, with um, the beliefs being preached or communicated. Now, for those who grew up in a non-religious way, this does not immune you because we all have beliefs. And when I use the word beliefs, I'm not necessarily talking about religious faith, but I'm referring to the, th the way you see the world, the, the things you believe about the world, good or bad. There's nothing good or bad, but how it's being perceived as this is good, this is bad, this is right, that is wrong. That dualistic thinking is, to a sense, primal to um, the animalistic nature of humans, that you're looking for something, a red line that stops you, and a green light that tells you to go. So, so this is emotions, and these are processes that are ancient um, from our ancestors of millions of years ago. So self-awareness brings you to a point where you recognize that trends and fads like self-love and self-care and self-help, um, these are either fading trends that you can jump onto, but it will not be sustained in your life unless you constantly, constantly refer back to the original source of encouragement or certain uh, um, sources of encouragement aligned to the original one in terms of what you've read, what you've heard, and then it clicks in you like, whoa, I should do more of that. So then you set out to create a space for self-love or self-care, which is good, which which I agree with you should, you should but self-awareness is much greater than self-love because who is the self that you love? When you talk about self-love, who is the self that you care about when you talk about self-care? Who is the self that you want to help when you talk about self-help? All of those questions, or every one of those questions within those specific contexts, can only be answered from a place of great awareness of the self, how it's composed, how it's been constructed how it's conducting itself over an extended period of time.